somebody say, God bless Brother and Sister Dupree. Hallelujah. God bless you, Brother. Thank you, Brother Don. Everybody ought to say hallelujah real loud. Listen, Jesus is the only one. They claim there's 7 billion people on the earth today. From the book, from Adam up until now, 7 billion has died. He's the only one that had a virgin birth. He's the only one that laid in the grave and got up and never go back. You say, well, what about Lazarus? He got up, but he went back. Jairus' daughter got up, but she went back. Jesus didn't go back. You ought to shout hallelujah. Your king is alive. He's alive forevermore. And there's no one can be compared like him. No one. You, you, John says, are you the Messiah or do we go to go look for another one? Jesus never said, I'm the Messiah. He said, go tell John. The blind see, the lame walk, and the dead getting up. So that's all we need to know, the wonderful things of God. I'm so excited about the Lord today. Not what he has done, but what he is doing. And if he tarries, and what he's going to be doing tomorrow. We appreciate all those been so involved in getting everything ready for this. A lot of them down there in the Life Center this morning just waiting on you to get there. So we're going to preach a few minutes, and then we'll go. All right, take your Bible and turn to Isaiah 32 and 15, please. Isaiah 32 and 15. Praise God. I hope you feel good in the Lord. The blessings of the Lord. Had a wonderful Sunday school class today. Wonderful miracles are going to happen. Happening. Amen. Praise God. All right. Until the Spirit be poured out upon us from on high, and the wilderness a fruitful field, a fruitful field, be counted a forest. I don't know how far we get on this this morning, but that fruitful field is your life. A fruitful field is your life with the Spirit of God and the wonderful things of God. God's Spirit is like rivers, always a-moving. Unlimited. It's unlimited. The Spirit has no limits. He refreshes us when we are at our lowest point. Hmm? Jesus says, when the enemy, I mean, Isaiah said in 19, verse 19, he said, when the enemy shall come in like a flood. How many, once in a while, you feel like the enemy has come in your life like a flood? Just like a flood just come in on your life, he said. A flood of the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against your enemy. I mean, you know, we really don't have a battle. You say, well, I got some. No, you don't. The reason you got it, because you don't turn it over to him. Many scriptures in there said he fights your battles. We're too busy fighting battles and saying, that, Lord, I give up. You do it. So when the enemy comes in like a flood, 
there's a greater flood that comes against him. Rivers, unlimited. Unlimited. I love the Sunday school lesson this morning as I visited in the nursing home this week. And I come out of there, Brother Ken, I wanted to say something, but doing, I didn't want to interrupt. It seemed like the Lord spoke to me, you're going to have to learn to start walking in boldness. When I tell you to do something, you do it. I'll get the results. All I'm looking from you is obedience, and I'll do the results. How many believe that God will do what he said he's going to do? He's a doing what he said he was going to do. So when the enemy comes in, Jesus said this, on the great day of the feast, he stood and wept and cried, John 7. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Are you thirsty this morning? Are you thirsty for the good things of God? He said, that he that believeth on me, St. John 7, 38, he that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of her are his belly, meaning your spirit will come rivers of living waters. Y'all ought to get happy. I'm telling you, when the devil coming in like a flood, you shouldn't fret, be discouraged, and be disappointed because there's something inside you going to rise up and he's going to drive out that flood of that enemy out of your life because he has unlimited power. He's full of power. He gives that power to us. David said in Psalm 42, verse 2, My soul thirsts for the living God. People thirst for things, but let me ask you a question. Are you thirsting for the living God? His living spirit that never wavers, never doubts, never fears. Nothing never bothers God. God don't never have a bad day. And Jesus didn't have no bad days, so to speak. Because when our trust is in him, I guarantee you, you're going to have a good day. How many got up this morning looking for a good day? One of you. Some of you are not sure. Huh? I worked with a guy. He said, every morning I get up, I plan a good day. Did you plan something good to happen in your life today? Don't be like the man that testified one time said, this is a true story. If said, every morning I get up, the devil's sitting on the side of the bed to see what he'd get me into. I thought, my goodness, what kind of life is that to live? When the enemy comes in like a flood, the river of living water, St. John 4, 36, which has no limits, will fight your battle by raising up the spirit level in your life to fight your battle. He's fighting your battle today. The wonderful blessings of God. The battle of the living God. We have problems. We talk too much about our problems. I'm convinced of that. We make a big editorial telling people about our problem because you got your eye on your problem. I'm going to come to that in a minute. You get your eyes on Jesus and something's going to change. Train your eye to look on Jesus and something different is going to happen in our lives. 2 Chronicles 32 and also Isaiah 36 quote some of these things. A mighty army came against Hezekiah. The people were frightened. They were afraid. And he said unto the people, be not afraid. Can I say this morning, be not afraid? Huh? 
Iran is considered to have the largest nuclear warfare, warheads in the world. North Korea is right in there. Russia is bidding right now with Iran to get some of their nuclear warheads. What do you think they've got on their mind? Huh? What do you think they got on their mind? Fear is striking this country. If they don't get that pipeline fixed in two weeks, you're going to see the grass prices skyrocket. They won't be able to control it. Food lines is going to get short. Fear is striking this country. But I want you to know there's one living inside you has no fear. Hezekiah says, do not fear what you see. Do not fear what you hear. Can you say amen? Come on now. You need to get involved to get your eyes off what you see and get your ears off what you hear. Hezekiah said, there's one greater that's with you than all that is out there. 185,000 armed men, Brother Melvin, gathered around that city fixing to attack it. And Hezekiah stands up and said, don't look what they are. Look what's with you. How many can say, if God is with me, a flood of rivers is going to come against the army that is against us. Hallelujah. Y'all ought to just be on your feet. I'm telling you, you ought to get excited. He said, don't look at what's against you. Look what's for you. And God heard Hezekiah's prayer. He told one of his angels, said, why don't you go down and take care of this for them? I'm just paraphrasing a little bit. The angel said, I believe I will. He went down there and the Bible said in one night, in one night by himself, he slew 185,000 armed men. 185,000. Listen, one angel can sweep down and one night can change this whole situation if we will pray. Come on, church. God has convinced me you're going to have to do more than praying. You're going to have to believe. You're going to have to stand up and believe what God has said and be bold. Come on, Acts 4 said they prayed for boldness. Come on, let's just have a little prayer right now and pray for boldness. Amen. We've got to have boldness to stand against the enemy. Hezekiah, he didn't waver. He just said, it's going to be taken care of. It's going to be taken care of. <laughs> and they got up in the morning. All <laughs> they got up that morning, brother. <laughs> they didn't see no soldiers. They seen dead soldiers. Hmm? Some of you don't remember the 1967 war, do you? Robin, you remember? No, you don't? Well, thank you. Huh? They thought Israel was going to be a defeated foe. The enemy was coming against them with the major tanks that they had just rolling down that sand. And all of a sudden, them tanks stopped. Whew. They got out, pulled the shoes off. Hallelujah. Somebody said, wonder why they pulled the shoes off. Said a barefoot will negotiate the sand better than a sole of a shoe. And they ran the opposite direction. I want you to know what you fear today will run from you tomorrow when you believe God is on your side. That God is fighting your battles. God is driving back your enemy. The enemy's flood. You can't control a flood. You, you can't control a flood. 
you can control high waters, put up sandbags and all those things, but you can't control a flood. But I tell you, your God is going to come against your enemy with a flood. Going to drive him out. And that's why you're sleeping. You'll pray. The wonderful things of God. Hallelujah. Today, I'm so excited about I'm not worried. Amen. The rivers, Revelation 22 and 1 said, and Jesus said, God showed me, I mean, John said, God showed me a pure river, a river of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. At the word of the Lord, the river of the Spirit flowed from the throne of God. At the word of a Lamb, that Lamb is Jesus Christ. One word from his mouth, he tells legions of demons, go, and they fled. They burned up the road of going. He's pouring out his spirit. How many believe what we really need is an overflowing of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I mean of rivers that flows, unlimited power of God. Hallelujah. There was four men brought a cripple to Jesus, tore the roof off, let him down on the inside. Jesus looked at him. Your sins are forgiven. How many are glad your sins are forgiven? That ought to be more important than your health in your body. Huh? Your sins are forgiven. They said only God can forgive sin. We won't get into that. But he said, which is the easiest to say your sins are forgiven? Hallelujah. Get up, roll up your bed, and go home. I want you to know God does do a work in your life. He forgives your sins, and he heals your body. You'll say amen. That's Jesus Christ. That's what he came for. Sickness. Bear with me now. Sickness is caused by sin. Adam's sin brought forth sickness. Not because you're sick, because what Adam done. But come on, let's look what Jesus said, or what the book of James said. If any among you is sick, call for the elder of the church and anoint them with oil. In other words, have the anointing in your life. Lay your hands on them, and they will do what? Come on, say it out loud. They what? They will what? And the next verse said, And if they have committed any sin, they shall be forgiven. What about a dual thing that God has given us? Mercy and truth together, a river to forgive you of your sins and heal you of your body. What else can you ask for in this life? The rivers of God has given us abundance. Hallelujah. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. Truth and mercy come together. We're going to share this a little bit. Don't never no more relate your life with the Old Testament. You're not in the Old Testament. You come out of the Old Testament. When Jesus said it's finished, truth and mercy came together. You're living under the age of mercy and of truth, of living waters and the greatness of God is flowing in our lives. 
I'm excited. Hallelujah. The wonderful things of God. Wonderful things of God. I was going to cut this a little short so you could go eat. But I don't know. Just may have to tear up my notes and let you go. Hallelujah. One well springing in eternity. Numbers 21, 10, 19. From God himself, God's pouring out living waters of his spirit up on my desert. I'm just putting that word in there. It said our desert. Our wilderness will become a fertile field for the seed of his word. <laughs> become a lush and abundant. How many of you are going to have to have the spirit of God in your life before the word can get in there and produce abundance in your life? If the word is sown in a dry season, in a dry field, it will not reproduce. But when the word comes into there, he's going to flood it with the spirit of God because he wants you to have abundant life. Can you say amen? God wants you to have abundant life. He didn't come into this world to give you just to barely get by. He come to give you abundant life. And you're going to have a problem, but thank God you got a God that's going to fight your problem. I'm so glad Peggy's feeling better. I'm glad you're feeling better. We're looking for a miracle for everybody in their life to get better, to get better. The dryness of the wilderness represents your life. It's a direct representation of your life, being dry and being empty. But he wants to fill you in the overflow where you live in an overflow life. That is where God's spirit is. He puts the living water. Exodus 16, 22 said that on the sixth day now, he said, when you go out on the sixth day to pick up your manna, I'm a little bit too excited to preach. I'm telling you, I'm excited. I feel something in here. Amen. And I just didn't feel it when I got here. Oh, man. He said, on the sixth day. <laughs> How many know what day it is? Huh? The sixth day. <laughs> On the sixth day, Brother Michael, he said, I want you to go out. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sister Linda, with a five-gallon bucket in this hand and a five-gallon bucket in that hand, and I want you to pick up twice as much. <laughs> You've been picking up all your life. How many you know we're living in the hour of the sixth day of twice the abundance that God has to give for us? You cannot expect any more than what you've already been able to, has associated with is the sixth day of abundance. Of abundance. It's, it was abundance. Don't let the devil lie to you. He'll tell you, cast away your confidence. I've I done been there. Sometimes I go through it. I say, I, sometimes I, Charles Spurgeon, he got so depressed that he was considered the prince of all preachers of his time. His wife had to read the Bible to him every, every evening after he'd preach, and he'd get so depressed. Hallelujah. You can get depressed, but I tell you, you can get a power of God in your life. Hallelujah. Sometimes you can't hip it, but I want you to know that you need to know that God is there to pour himself into your life. 
to pour himself into your life. John 10 and 10, Jesus said, I am come that you might have life just to get by. No, he did come what kind of life? What kind of life? A more abundant life, St. John 15, is where you can bear much fruit, and when you bear much fruit, you please your Father. That's what pleases the Father, seeing much fruit hanging on. There's nothing please a farmer no more than to walk through his field and see the corn and the grapes and things heavy hanging low. There's nothing please God no more to see his work in your life producing abundance. It pleases him for to see that wonderful things in our lives. So he came. Samson is one of the few people in the Bible that the Lord gave him a prophecy to his mother before he was ever in the womb. He said, now he's going to be a great deliverer. He's going to be a great deliverer. I mean, you know, you got to believe what God says about you. You can't believe what the devil says. He's a liar. A lady testified one time, just got in the church. She didn't know much no more, and she got up and said, The Lord, and said, The devil's a liar, and his father's a liar also. Well, God's not no liar. He created him a crooked snake, Job said, but Job said he just got that way. He didn't create him that way. You got to believe. I'm old. How many of you know you got to believe what God says? You can't believe what you feel. You can't believe what you see. You got to believe what God says. And she says, How can this be? I'm old. We're not exempt from that going by our feelings. She ran and got her husband and says, Come and see this man that told me I'm going to have a baby. I'm going to have a baby. And he came. And they fixed him a goat or whatever in the mill and put it on the stone and set it on fire. And the angel went up in the fire. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? And he said to her this, something wonderful. He said he's going to be a set apart for God for one purpose, and that's to deliver Israel from the Philistines. That would deliver Israel from the Philistines. That's going to be his purpose. That's why I'm sending him here. And uh, it goes on to say, from the date of his birth until the date of his death, he will be a deliverer. Huh? Now, you follow Sam's life, it don't sound like he, <laughs> James don't sound like he's going to fulfill that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I want to share with you, I don't care what your life has been. I want you to know that God has a plan for your life until your death. Are you with me? I've failed God so many times. Maybe you have, but God has never failed you. Huh? He ain't never failed you. The devil said, look, he failed you. He's a liar. He's a lying to you. Hallelujah. There's two men on the road Emmaus walking along the last book of Luke and that end they were full of sorrow full of grief their champion Jesus Christ has died they're, they're so sorrowful they've died and all of a sudden Jesus is walking beside of them and they didn't know him they didn't know him 
because he had not revealed himself to them. And then the Bible said they begged him. One translation said they begged him to go home with them. Another said they entreated him to go home with them and sit, spend the night with them and eat at their table. So Jesus did. And when he got at home with them, they sat down and eat. And they ate. And Jesus <laughs> revealed himself to them and stepped through the wall and left them. If you want to have a good relationship with God, why don't you beg him and treat him to come to your house right in here? Huh? He has not yet revealed his fullness to you yet, but if you will talk to him to come and let him sit down in your house and you have a meal with him, he will reveal himself. We are a world that's on a racetrack of business going nowhere. What I mean with the kingdom of God. It's important to have a meal with Jesus. Three men appeared to Abraham, and Abraham went and fed a fatted calf and cooked a meal and cooked a fire and told the angels, y'all go on down on your mission. And the Bible said he sat down in the shade. This third man was Jesus, was Jesus. You say, how do you know that, Brother Billy? Because he was foreordained before the foundation of the world. If it had just been the angels, Abraham wouldn't have bowed down to him because he knew they was angels. He wouldn't bow down to them. So he bowed down to Jesus. And the Bible said they sat down in the shade. How long has it been since you had a bowl of wolf brown chili? That's been too long. <laughs> it don't have as much grease as it used to have. But what I'm trying to get to you this morning, you need to take time and sit down and break bread with Jesus. Mm -mm -mm. Glory to God, and the angels go on the way. And Jesus said, I can't hold anything back from my friend. I mean, you know that you're not a servant of God, you're a friend of God. Jesus said, I do not call you a servant, you're my friend. And people say, well, you can't understand the word of God. They don't know Jesus. Because the book said he revealed all of his mysteries to you so you can understand him. And he said, Abraham is my friend. He's my friend. And I'm going to tell him, I'm going to reveal to him what I'm fixing to do. If you want the revelation of God, you're going to have to sit down, eat a meal with him, break bread with him, and take some time and listen to what he's got to say. Are you ready to have a meal with God? Are you really ready to sit down? You say, well, I'm just too busy. You're too busy to have a relationship with God then. Hallelujah. That's a wonderful thing Abraham did. He could have saved Sodom and Gomorrah, but he quit praying because he followed the flesh. He didn't follow the thing. Hebrews 11:32 said, Who through faith stopped the mouths of the lion. Now, Samson was born... <coughs> He was not to cut his hair. You find, I think, in Judges 13. Then you find it further on over in there that he had seven locks on his hair. He had his hair braided, seven locks. I might try that, but anyhow. But anyhow, somebody said good luck. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. And uh, he was on his way one day. I want you to know he had the promise from God before he was born that he would be a deliverer 
of Israel and deliver them from the Philistines. That would be his responsibility. And he was on his way. I just feel like running this morning. I probably couldn't run too far. Like a guy said, I run around the church and didn't realize it's that far around. I'd sit down and rest. But anyhow, a line came out in his path where he was going to go. And the Spirit of the Lord was up on him mightily. You ought to start saying that the Spirit of the Lord is going to be up on me. No, don't say that. Don't say that now. Don't, don't, don't say that, that the Lord's going to be up on me. You're going to have to learn to speak positive faith of God. The Spirit of the Lord, hello? Thank you. Is up on me what? Mightily. Scholar says if you think you're going to be healed, you'll never be healed. You're never going to be healed. You're going to have to say that I am healed. And the Bible said, and the Spirit of the Lord was upon him mightily. And that line stood in his path. I want you to know that the enemy that you have, God asked when the, he was talking to Job and Satan come up and he said, where you been, Satan? He said, I've been going to and fro in the earth, seeking whom I may devour. He is a roaring lion, goes around seeking to devour your relationship with God. He's standing in between you and your promise. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord moved through him so strongly, he reached out and grabbed that line and tore him to pieces like he was a kid goat. What God is trying to tell us, I want you to reach out, take that enemy that's standing between you and your promises and use the power of the word of the living God and tear that devil to pieces. Their scripture says you've got to silence the lamb, the lamb, I mean the lion. If you can't silence the lamb, you will never receive the abundant flow of God in your life. You'll never feel it in your life continue. You might feel it once in a while, but God is not pleased with us a once in a while relation. Hallelujah. He wants a desolation that lasts forever from the day you birth until you die. He tore him to pieces. <laughs> you can't get in my way. I'm on a mission. I got to destroy them Philistines. I'm on a mission. And he come back along a little while later, Brother Melvin, and behold, God's bees had made a honeycomb inside of that line. And they had filled those cones with honey. And Samson reached down his hand in there and pulled out him a great hunk of honey. Oh, and ate it and gave it to his mama and his papa. You said, what's that got to do with anything? Once you can silence the, the line in your path between you and your promise, God will have you to set down a table in the midst of your enemies and feed you with the best food that he has for your life because you have silenced the line and he's prepared a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Hello? Hallelujah. Praise God. Samson got off track. I may be going out too far. I don't believe there's one person living ain't never got off track once in a while. Romans 3 said we all sin and come short of the glory of God. I don't understand that scripture. I don't understand where he said his sin shall wash 
I mean, his blood will wash your sin as white as snow. But he says that. He goes to sleep. I mean, you know, the things of this world can put you to sleep and not aware of your mission. Lose track of your calling. They punched his eyes out. They called a barber, Gene Meadows, and run them clippers over his head and got his seven locks. Mm. He lost his strength. The hair was not in, I mean, the strength was not in his long hair. Are you all with me? And I'm not condemning that. But I'm trying to preach to you what the Word of God says. His strength was in his consecration to God. He was not to drink no strong drinks or anything that preferred their strong drinks because he was consecrated to God. For he was ever born, God had consecrated him to himself. That's what it said in the Scripture. Judge 13, that's what it said. How many know before you was ever born in your mama's womb, he consecrated you as a vessel dedicated to him all the days of your life? Huh? Let's go back to the scripture where the angel told him, said he is going to be a deliverer of Israel from the day he's born until the day he dies. Israel thought our champion is gone. He's gone. We no longer have a deliverer. You know, the devil will tell you, you ain't no longer got a deliverer. But his, he grinds in the meal. Most people would have given up on Samson. Well, look what he's done. How many is glad that God don't roll back what you've done to the whole world to see? Huh? How many is glad that he don't write all about you like he wrote about David. Isn't that embarrassing? What all he wrote about David? But he hid our sins. How many glad your sins are covered under the blood of Jesus? Some things you've done that don't nobody know about it but you and Jesus. And that's good enough. But watch this. He grinding in the mill. Going around and around. There's people that are going around and around, going around and around. How many know how they used to grind with ribbon cane in this country? They had a mill and had a donkey. He went around and around, around and around. They used to bale hay like that. Our neighbors had a, a hay baler like that. The dead rake brought the hay up to there, and they'd pitch it over in this thing, and that mule would go around and around, around and around. How many feel like sometimes your life is just going around and around? You're not going anywhere. You're just going around and around. Book of Haggai said you're making money, but you're putting it in a pocket that had holes in it. You ever feel like your money's just run, running out your bottom? The more you put in, the more it run out. You need to sew that bottom up. Amen? But there's something else needs to happen. His consecration to God come back while he was in that devastating situation. It said his hair, his seven locks, grew out again. They didn't realize that. How many knows your loss can be regained? The devil says no. Your friend says no. Your flesh says no. But they're all liars. You can get it back. Well, 
if you lost it, you can't get it back. I may be going out too far, but I want you to say this morning, you can get your strength back. I got many books I could show you where they look like they was gone, but if you'll do the right things, it'll come back. And they got him and brought him out. And he said, Lord, just this one time, just this one time, they were so busy making sport over him, they didn't notice something. I believe God might have blinded their eyes. That hair, sim locks, had grown out. Consecration, dedication to God had grown out again. He asked the boy, said, which are the two main pillars? He said, that's them right over there. He said, lead me over there. He stood against those pillars. And he said, Lord, now I want you to carry you back. He said, from the day of his birth until the day of his death, he's going to be a destroyer of the Philistines. It looked like it's all gone. But I want you to know it's not over until God says it's over. Your life is not over until God says it's over. And no matter what you've done, God is able. He's more than able. He said, Lord, just this one time. That's all I'm going to ask you, one time. One time. Let my strength come back. How many of you know that your strength does not depend on what you I've been in the church since when, 1960? What is that? 60-something years. But I'm no stronger than you are. Your strength is in God. It's not in your wisdom. It's not in your knowledge. It's not in your physical. It's not in your experience. It's in God. He put his hand against them pillars. He said, Lord, just one more time, let me feel that glory. Let me feel that power. Let it come through me like it did before. When I pulled the gates up and tore them, when I slew the, all them donkey, uh, what a Philistine with a jawbone or donkey, just one more time. And the Bible said all of a sudden he pushed and he pushed. He killed more in a few seconds than did all of his lifetime delivering Israel from the Philistine. Go back to the verse that said, from his birth until his death, he will be a deliverer. How I many you know that you have a promise from God, from your birth when you were born in the kingdom of God, to be a deliverer all the days of your life until you die?